Hi folks, little content note. There are some pretty edgy things we talk about in this episode. Nothing in too much detail, but we do touch on blood play, bruising, and someone getting consensually nailed to a tree. So, you know, just a normal Saturday night. Take care of yourself. Love you. Welcome to the Dildork Storky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I'm pretty sure I say this every year when you get back from camp, but I don't like camping. I don't want to... It's not my scene, not oh my, my thing, God. but uh, who are you, oh my friend? God. <laughs> Wait until you hear about this year's camp. <laughs> <sighs> I'm, also, welcome uh, back. Thanks. I'm here. I'm Billy Lore. I'm a sex educator and porn baker, and I have no brain. Uh, <laughs> as, as you can tell by how difficult simply that intro was. Um, you just got back from two different things. I, while you were yeah, away, mm-hmm. I interviewed a fi- financial dominatrix, and I was interviewed by my spouse about being cisgender. Yes. And... Uh, okay, tell me how both of those went, though, because I was really excited about them and I haven't had a chance <laughs> to listen to them yet. Like, cliff the, notes, no spoilers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Findom episode with Lane Quetteris was really, really fun. We even did, like, a little game show thing called Did Ooh. I Do That for Money, where she, like, told me a bunch of things that she may or may not have done for money, and I had to guess. Oh, my and God. that was cool. Incredible. We, I love yeah, that. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about, like, why people are into Findom and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with Matt, we had a really good chat about being cis and all the different sort of aspects of my gender expression and how I've been sometimes presenting a little more like mask or androgynous lately. And we talked about Roman Roy from Succession and how he's influencing my gender presentation lately. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it was a good chat, good times, but I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, Dee and I were actually talking this morning about how we liked that you had done an episode on like talking about being cis and how you were one of the people that were like, yeah, no, we'd actually like quite like to hear you talk about that because like... (laughs) We have such an appreciation for cis folks who do gender on purpose and have thought (laughs) critically about their gender. Like, that's not... uh, uh, Trans folks don't need to be the only ones thinking... (laughs) Trans people and transphobes don't need to be the Mm. only people thinking critically about their gender and, like, identifying strongly with their gender. Like... I have an appreciation for the unfortunately small collection of (laughs) cis folks that I know that, like, also engage with their gender in a way that feels very on purpose and thought out, you know? Thank you. Yeah, we thank you. I appreciate that. We were somewhat inspired by the podcast Gender Reveal, which only ever has trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming guests once Mm -hmm. had on. Uh, Justin McElroy as their only <laughs> cis guest ever to talk about his gender. And it was just really interesting to have mm-hmm. a, a cis man have to interrogate his gender like that. Cause it was like yeah. very similar types of questions that they would normally ask trans guests. So we oh wanted to God. take a leaf out of that book a little bit. Did Okay. But were his answers like thought out or were, did you get the like, huh, I haven't considered and get to hear them like process it. Cause I think those would, 
both be equally interesting, frankly. As I recall, it was sort of a little of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I could go, I could stand to go listen to that again, honestly. Good episode. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so you just got back from Kink Camp and Test Fest. That must yeah. have been wild doing both of those in a row. I know you're pretty tired and <laughs> brain not totally working too good, but what was that like? Yeah, I was nervous, uh, honestly, going into it, doing both of them back to back. But there isn't a ton of overlap in attendees, and both of them are crews of people that like I really deeply want to see. Camp is super important to me. I always want to go there. And Test Fest this year, I was working with a crew of people that I really quite like, and part of my job... I, I, I was going to be there to make the con go burr, basically. Um, <laughs> we did, ran most of operations and uh, a handful of other things. Um, so it was important to me to be a part of the team that was doing that um, and to mm-hmm. get a chance to th- see these people because I had missed out on it last year. Um, so, like... I deeply wanted to do both things, and I am also incredibly aware of the kind of human I become when I am away from my home and my routine for that long. Uh, And it was definitely a challenge, but like, and I am definitely exhausted, but it was really, really fucking good. And like... felt like I don't want to say I mean I guess almost like being in a bubble back to pre-pandemic times of like (laughs) a time when I was doing a lot more socializing in large groups and things Mm -hmm. and like flitting about and talking to a bunch of different people and getting to see all of my friends and build a bunch of different connections and that sort of thing um, Mm -hmm. in a way that was like really fun and really overwhelming and has me uh, honestly still sitting in it and processing it a little bit like <laughs> a week later at this point. Yeah, that's reasonable. Do you want to yeah. give sort of a summary of like what the hell goes on at King Camp and at Test Fest so people know what we're even talking about here? Yeah, for sure. Um, so King Camp is a... Exactly what it sounds like on a can. Um, Dark Odyssey Fusion is the event that we're talking about. Um, It is a camping event out in the woods of somewhere around a thousand people usually Hmm. um, taking over a campground. There are cabins cabins and tents, um, and we take it over for about a week, and you can do pretty much whatever you want pretty much wherever you want right there are obviously rules and restrictions we have dms on staff during in dungeon spaces and play spaces during certain hours um for some play but play can happen in the fields and uh, near the cabins and you know wherever you want um just not in the pool or in the um like don't don't fuck in the pool and keep your bits covered in the food spaces for obvious reasons <laughs> um yeah there are classes and events and parties and that sort of thing if you want to uh have a bit of structure opportunities to meet people opportunities to learn or you can sit out in the sun for a week and watch naked people do fun things right like 
totally up to you. Um, that's Dark Odyssey Fusion. Uh, Test Fest is a hotel takeover event. Um, it is so. It is a weekend, Fourth uh, of July weekend, where we own the hotel for that weekend. Essentially, um, cover up all the windows. Uh, there is a courtyard area in the hotel that we use so we have some outdoor space that is contained and mostly and an indoor dungeon space vendors or vendors at uh fusion too um classes all day events for meeting people that sort of thing um yeah i would say the crowd at test fest is probably a little more uh, oriented towards newbies um, mm-hmm. and there is a, a crew of folks who have been with Tess for a very long time um, that is also there um, and uh, but I would say I saw a lot of the heavier play that I saw in the last couple of weeks at camp. Tess also has a lot more restrictions around the kind of play that they can do uh, for practical reasons for the most part right it exists in a hotel in that has to deal with zoning and liquor laws and carpet stains. Um, so they're Fire. a lot more picky. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're <laughs> a lot more finicky about the things that you do there versus mm-hmm. in the middle of a field, right? Like, you know, when they're hosting, <laughs> I think this most recent, like, we closed the event and the next group that came in was like a youth religious seminar or something or other group of people <laughs> that was like loading in as we were loading out. So like, they really don't want your water sports scene in the middle of ballroom a like, <laughs> so, sorry. Whereas camp does have a piss gym. Um, that is ideal for, situating yourself because you could get in the middle of the jungle gym and like well if someone who's smaller than you wants to piss on you and oh, isn't tall they they can get up higher on the point. jungle exactly the jungle right. gym is climbable and you can just and then you're in a little cage which is also perfect yeah i the yeah. face of confusion that i made was i was picturing like a high school gym right that was just no, no, full no, no, of no. people pissing and i was like is that hot to me does that seem practical i don't (laughs) yeah no also true no this is more of it's actually kind of a people-shaped cage it's supposed to be a jungle gym i don't quite know how um but it very clearly is built as a jungle gym um but it's just kind of a tall thin climbable dome um Mm -hmm. Typically, I would expect these things to be wider and more dome-shaped, but no, this is just thin and people-shaped and for pissing upon. <laughs> anyway, they don't have that in the middle of the boardroom at the Holiday Inn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They do have bathtubs in the rooms, though, right? Like, they that can't stop true. you from pissing in your own bathtub. <laughs> no, for sure. And that is one of the differences for me between, like, the hotel events and the camp events right because at camp typically um it's real common for me to be like all right i'm I'm gonna go do a wander right and i'll take a lap around 
roughly the circle that encompasses most of the campground, right? Brings mm-hmm. me past most of the cabins and through like vendors row, past the cafeteria, that sort of thing. I take that lap, I'm going to see a vast majority of scenes that are going on. With a short detour, I can hop off the trail into the dungeon and back onto the path and see, or like into Sexorama or something, and like watch a couple of things and see what's going on if anything interesting is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can probably get stopped by literally anyone else who is also like, I don't know, I got fuck all going on. I have a friend who is a fan of uh, casual acts of sadism who like, if I'm doing a wander, (laughs) will hurt me for a second and then let me keep wandering. Mm -hmm. Um, If she's not doing anything, she often says, if I'm not doing anything, I want to be doing something. So like come over and be like, hey, you want to kick this shit out of me? Yeah, great, let's do a scene. That is how most of our scenes have started with being like, what do you want to do this weekend? That sounds fun. Uh, what are you free? <laughs> N- now? Now sounds... Yeah, let's do now. Um, <laughs> so, like, you have a lot more of that flexibility at camp. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a hotel con, you're not really, like, going door to door like a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> like, right. hi, can I interest you in a beating this afternoon? Um, how? What's going on in this room? I hear... I heard some delightful yelps. Can you tell me what implement is uh, eliciting that? I'm just nosy, right? Looking for any voyeurs, like. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like it. It largely depends on like how your brain works because like I prefer that type of setup when I've been at events where like mm-hmm. if sexy stuff or more intimate stuff like is going to happen, it'll be in somebody's room somewhere. And I think a lot of it has to do with being an introvert, like. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to be around like a bunch of other people who are seeing or a bunch of people who could like walk by and like watch what I'm doing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I can't relax. There is certainly, there is certainly an emotional drain with camp that like, so there are a lot of things that are exhausting about camp in terms of just practically camping right i don't sleep well on the ground i don't like being dirty and not being able to get clean and like public Mm -hmm. showers are not the cleanest thing in the world to my mind you know what i mean um yeah uh it's hard to regulate my temperature at all um Mm -hmm. this particular camp it rained every day most of the day um (laughs) downpours at times like serious downpours um were the mud fetishists happy about it (laughs) yeah i'm sure they were somewhere i was hiding under a tent uh it hailed on sunday um impact like like marble sized bits of hail Uh uh-huh um (laughs) scary yeah it was a lot um but uh so i like did not do a ton of wandering this camp um but, like, generally, there is even in times when the weather is more on our side and it is not just like an endurance scene getting through the weather and making sure <laughs> your stuff survives the weekend. Um, I, uh, there is an emotional drain of like just being around that much play for that long right Mm -hmm. and just seeing all of that right like not in in a in a bad way it's in it like 
you're holding space for a bit of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there is a degree of like, it's a lot of input for our brain and sensory and everything, right? So after a couple of days of constantly seeing scenes, yeah, it it, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, <sighs> there is something particularly magic about the ways in which none of it is really hidden away. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough to find intimacy. Like yeah. I did a one of my heaviest scenes at camp was one that I was like, I actually don't want to be worried about who's watching this or anything. And I would like to like find somewhere that not a lot's going on. And I went like in the dungeon at like two in the afternoon when there were like three other scenes happening. Mm-hmm. And like, I was loud and like relatively central in the dungeon and one person in the rest of camp was like oh yeah i saw that scene that looked fun right versus other scenes where people are like oh yeah i saw your hey that looked right in times when i want to be in a more focal point yeah um so like you can find your corners where you're like Mm. And that was, like, not even a particularly hidden one. Like, if I were to go off there, you can go off into the woods a little bit where, like, no one's going to come bother you or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find – just don't go too close to the road because cars will drive by and that's the whole thing. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, you, you can find your corners for privacy if you want. Um, but there is something – I don't know, particularly magical about the energy of camp where play is happening anywhere and everywhere and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, it's not... I frequent dungeons and play spaces and even there you're like, ah, the conversation is taking, like, second or or a back seat to the play right because now we're in the play space and if we're watching a thing we're being a little bit more hushed tones in the corner if we're talking or mm-hmm. you know right you're you're a spectator to the kink or you're socializing yeah and at camp you just are both all the time pretty <laughs> much yeah which is a weird magical bubble where I'm always on my kink as play soapbox, but kink feels so much more like play there. And I see this heaviest, scariest stuff I've seen. Like someone uh, who was staying in the cabin I was staying near um, got nailed to a tree this year one morning. Um, It was incredible. With real nails? With real nails. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, Um, no. Just outside of the tent that we were under, like moments before it started raining. Um, uh, do I have to content note for blood in this episode? Probably. We're not going to talk a ton about the blood. Mostly going to talk about how uh, we spent the rest of the time under the giant overhang, like just having conversations and occasionally checking in with this person to see if it was still raining since they were out in the rain and could report. <laughs> Even while they were being fucking nailed to something? I, no, I don't know. while they, they, they had been, they were just staying there because they, they weren't really in a position to unnail themselves. Mm, you know? It sounds like that scene you like from American Gods. Mm, yes, there's rope there, but yes, oof, very good. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were doing 
full like weather reporter voices and things <laughs> like over to mm, censored on the tree over here uh can you can you tell us what's the weather right now it's still <laughs> raining it was so good it was so good um and and like that fusion of just like casual connective conversation with friends giggling about silly little jokes that we have made right mm-hmm. next to this like incredibly heavy play and like intimate brutality frankly like what a great phrase i know i I thought of it and it was i was like "Mm, that's overly poetic but i gotta go with it because it's it's the best i got i Um, love your memoir and it was pretty good this episode frankly yeah Mm. (laughs) um and like with this undercurrent of joyfulness while we were all under this overhang like frantically trying to keep as much that we could dry as possible which is how most of camp was spent um i would this is the first year that i've camped near a cabin group um Mm -hmm. Usually I am too avoidant for any of that. I'm like, I'm going to camp far off in in the distance where no one can find me um, and emerge only when I feel capable of being seen. And now I'm like, maybe I will attempt vulnerability and um, (laughs) camp near the people that I am friends with at this event Um, so that they can see me at all times, even when I have just woken up. Oh, no. Oh, no. but uh, thank God I did that. A, just because it, it was a good idea, and I love these people, and they are, were lovely to spend time with. But B, I would not have survived the rain without, like, uh, the group of people that I was with. Like, we wound up, I spent most of camp under a big tent near our cabin, um, using many of their supplies to stay dry and also be actually socializing with people instead of sitting alone in my tent. Um, Mm -hmm. And occasionally hiding in their cabin uh, (laughs) at times when it was doing things like hailing in June. (laughs) Huh. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Fucked. I hate it. So what were, what were your goals going into these events? Like what did you want to get out of them? I was trying to, like, often when I make my goals and things, I'm usually like, I would like to get hit this time, and I would like to, I don't know, do a ropey thing, and I would like to suck dick, and I would that's all, that one's always on the list, I'll be honest, and it was on this on the list this year, that's fair, but like... I was way more interested in just spending time with people when Mm -hmm. I was, like, and getting a chance to, like, have more one-on-one conversations with people, even in large groups, and, like, more opportunities to connect with people and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to, specifically camp, I went to alone, um, which is how I used to go, um, pre-pandemic and have um i've since then i've brought d with me for a couple and i've only gone solo i think for one other Mm -hmm. um so like part of it was like i'm like i just want to like bounce around and talk to all the people and like 
see a lot of people because I've been somewhat cut off from socializing during the pandemic. I think like a lot of us have, right? Yeah. Um, And I wanted to feel comfy feeling all of the feelings that are going to come with Mm-hmm. the con yeah um because like right like oh i was real excited about all of this and then like a week beforehand that excitement switch flipped into anxiety and like oh god what if it's what if it's bad what if i have a bad time um mm-hmm. what if there are points when i'm sad or or anxious or like have a meltdown or something yeah. and and I realized almost certainly all of those things are going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I have never been to a camp where I haven't had a meltdown. I have never been to a camp where I wasn't suddenly ambushed with, like, intense feelings. Yeah. Because it's a grueling sensory thing, like we talked about, because I'm doing a lot of scenes back-to-back because it is a ton of intimate connection with a bunch of different people like it's a lot and i keep going back and it's one of the things i love about it and like i go there to endure intense physical sensation that i don't enjoy because i enjoy what going through that does for me Mm -hmm. so it follows that i can probably contextualize these difficult emotional situations in a similar way right yeah it's part of the event. It's part of what I go to the event for to feel all of the feelings and fig- see what kind of person that makes me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really was trying to go into it with like a, like, all right, we're going to see what all of the feelings are. Uh, <laughs> and then of course, like 48 hours in, I was like, <gasps> I haven't played yet. And no one likes me. And I'm never going to, ha- I'm never going to kick it. Because that's how camp goes for me. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's really common in experiences like this. Like, I've heard a lot of people talking about being a Burning Man and having, like, unexpectedly huge emotional upheavals or, like, big arguments with their partner that they didn't see coming at all. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you're Mm -hmm. putting your body and brain through a lot. You're out of your routines. You don't have your normal stuff or your normal... Um, activities you can do to calm yourself down like yeah completely understandable yeah the the entire event hits my nervous system like a heavy scene does like it is made up of a number of heavy scenes but like the entire thing is an ordeal and Mm -hmm. a thing to go through and I love it and I do it every year and Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to um for as long as that's doable um but like yeah it's a lot Mm -hmm. um but this and i always have that like meltdown of i haven't done enough scenes or haven't done the right scenes or i haven't planned the right things or whatever too much Mm -hmm. time has passed like i always have that one yeah and uh this year, I convinced myself to go out of my tent, like, long enough to walk over to the bathroom and come, and I was, and, like, then grab a snack, and I was like, then I'll go right back to my tent. But because I cabined or tented near people, mm-hmm. uh, 
I was caught in that process by a human who was like, hey, you doing okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She was entirely convincing, I'm sure. <laughs> they just got, uh-huh. So you, you need anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice that people get it. Yeah. Um, and, like, gave me a hug, and I gave the cliff notes of the, like, oh, I'm having this feeling. And everyone I said that to was like, oh, I, yeah, that feeling. It's your time for that one now? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I had mine earlier, or, oh, mine's still coming. Or, like, th- we, we all know we all have that feeling. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, it all hits us at some point during most camps. Um, and they were like, why don't you go take a lap? Mm-hmm. Just do a wander, take a circle around camp once. If nothing happens, come back and sit in your tent after that. Okay, great. <laughs> Mostly because the person telling me this is like real convincing. <sighs> so I listened to them. Um, real clever or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll go do a wander. And I walk, and within three minutes, I ran into someone who I adore and a mutual friend of ours. And then we proceeded to lap the camp for like three hours talking and just walking in circles. And it was fucking lovely. It was so good. Because like... Camp is generally pretty good at, like, getting us what we need when we need it. Mm-hmm. Especially if, I, if I'm if i willing to, like, stick my head out of my fucking tent and be like, help! <laughs> <laughs> camp, camp generally provides, and it's one of the things I love about it. <laughs> good. Um, what do you want to tell us about scenes that you did? Oh, yeah. I did, so most of my scenes I did were at camp. I didn't scene at all at Test Fest um, because I was there, I think I alluded to this earlier, I was there working on staff doing most of the operations work. Not I was doing most of the operations work, my team was doing most of the operations work for the con. Mm -hmm. Um, And that combined with like the slightly more restrictive rules compared to where I had just come from at camp. And especially the fact that like, there wasn't much sex happening in the dungeon and like, there was just less nudity overall at this con than in other mm-hmm. places. Um, likely again, cause like the zoning things and rules and like the fact that it was probably more newbies and things. It was just a different vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, had me a little bit feeling like a camp counselor or a grown up or something where I was like, I can't, no, I can't do it. I'm working. I have to be professional. I'm working. Yeah. I can't be doing anything. Like I was like, it, yeah, it, it was a very weird energy because like, I would feel all bashful, like, kissing someone somewhere and being like, oh, no, they're, like, (laughs) I'm looking unprofessional. Someone's going to catch us making out in this, like, hallway somewhere. Mm. Meanwhile, you know, I'm, like, I'm at work. And I'm, like, (laughs) I I take pictures of my butthole for work. Like, I, I, like, like spreading my holes is my whole job. And I'm, like, someone's going to see me kissing somewhere. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Anyway. Did that... Did that make you want to 
maybe not do up regions again? Or is it important enough to you to do it that you're willing to to not see as much as a result? It is... I, it's important enough to me to do it. So it's the, the crew that I do operations with, um, Synopse is a crew that, um, events bring in from the outside to do all of our operation, all of the operations work. So like, mm-hmm. I love Test Fest and I love a lot of people there. And my biggest loyalty is to my people, uh, with Synopse and like, yeah, I will go where they bring me to the events they bring me to and like, and also, it there isn't no rules against playing, and like if right. we were working a different event, that energy might feel slightly different, mm-hmm. right? Um, but just particularly this one, sandwiched after camp, and like with the particular rules of the event and all of those things, I just I had like it's like. Ah, it just felt weird playing in many of the spaces. I was like, yeah. I have to be, you know, on 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 my A game and making <laughs> sure chairs are in the right place. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that if someone hit me yesterday. I guess I don't know. It again doesn't yeah. make any sense, but you get you, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I get that. It's just like, yeah. There's I don't really like to do work stuff after I've been seeing either. Like, there's been some episodes of the Dildork definitely in the past where, like, I recorded immediately after having sex or doing a scene. And, like, even if it was sort of funny and we sort of talked about it on the show, I always feel like I'm not doing as good of a job. Like, I know I'm not, like, as alert and as on. And also I feel like I'm being rude and disrespectful to you or to the audience or something. And, yeah. Yeah, they're different brain spaces. And, like, Mm -hmm. I DM'd a couple hours after my scenes at camp. And that felt fine and okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think there is also something about, like, the kind of vulnerability. Like, A... I don't mix sex and kink all of that often, but particularly having to have restrictions around sex and nudity and things during my kink um, is something I'm not used to being alert to. So, like, mm-hmm. being alert to that has a degree, like, I don't know, a degree of uh, externally imposed modesty or whatever, where I'm like, oh, yes, I have to be covered up and respectable, I suppose, when I am kinking here, which is not, it's not, it's not true. Yeah. Um, but, like... Yeah. And then, like, feeling like also it is likely that some of my play would be on the heavier end of -hmm. the things happening in the dungeon. Yeah. Where it's like, you've seen me in two environments. A, in a shirt that says staff in big letters running around (laughs) and making things happen. Right. And then B, doing the scene that kind of freaks you out in the dungeon that you don't actually quite know how to grok because this is your first kink event. And I'm like, that's just imagery that I don't want to be thinking about or worrying about in the middle of my scenes. And I would have been. Yeah, that's you know, simple. and that's a lot of that is my shit. That's more me than the event and the attendees and things. But just like with all of that context, I was nah, nah, I didn't do much play there. It's like um, running into your teacher at the sex club. Exactly, exactly. Like I felt a little bit like the like TA or like substitute teachers there or whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not the grown up. Like these are all grown up. I'm not, the, I'm <laughs> yeah. not quite the teacher, but I am a little bit like. <laughs> 
TA who's like trying to get away with shit or something. Like, I don't know. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so plus by the end, the, by the end of test fest, the last couple of days, I had been two weeks straight of limited sleep, uh, mm. food from where I can get it rather than all of my safe foods at home yeah, and all of the things. And I was a sleepy little guy. I was not <laughs> quite a person. Uh, so I wasn't seen in with nobody, but camp. I had some fun times. Um, two of so, I had I was so all in my feels on Friday night. Right, Saturday I had two of my uh, heaviest scenes of camp. Um, I had one with. Did I you you saw the. Uh, pictures of the Lego paddle that I got, right? Oh, it looks so painful. It's awful. <laughs> I hate it. It's so bad. Um, so, listener, if you have not seen the pictures of the Lego paddle, um, there's one on my Twitter. If you scroll through my media tab a little bit, I think. Um, I can link to it in the show notes. Yes, and we'll do that too. It's made by Lil Fox Toy Box. You are imagining, I'm sure, a paddle with Legos on it, and you're thinking, gosh, that sounds awful. And you'd be right. However, I need you to take those Legos and kind of shift them so they're also catty-cornered. It's not a flat row of the little circular flat-top Legos. They are all stacked in weird ways so that you get all of the corners and the edges of the little bricks in addition to the little round tops. Um, And... Every person that I handed it to and they, like, touched, like, the flat top of the Lego and, like, kind of pushed down a little bit, they went, did they sharpen these Legos? Are they, are Legos really this sharp? <laughs> yes, they, they are this sharp. Uh, they did not sharpen them. It is terrible. Um, but I've wanted one for a minute. Like, I've seen it at, like, two different camps so far and been like, it's real pretty, it's real good. Mm. Um, and I bought it and was holding it for, like, because it was the fir- first thing I did when I got to camp was bought it, like, immediately. <laughs> um, and was sitting there holding it. And uh, one person was like, well... First, I was looking nervously at it and was like, I, I need to I need to hide this from any sadists I have any potential of playing with this weekend, <laughs> literally at all. Oh my god. And like one of my friends just quietly leans over and is like, Hey, but you're not gonna do that though. Like, oh, fuck, I'm not gonna do that. You're right. Fuck. <sighs> and then I had another friend who looked at the paddle and was like, you know, that's terrifying i hate that i hate everything about this and they're like so what do you like basically why the fuck did you buy this why do you want this what is your ideal (laughs) um but they were like what is how what is your ideal how do you imagine this going right Mm -hmm. um and i wound up like what do you want to do with this and i was like oh i want i want nothing to do with this i want i hate everything about this i'm terrified of it like Mm -hmm. but it's beautiful and unique and silly and I needed to own it. And I can't own something that I'm too afraid to get hit by. Absolutely not. So I need to be hit by it. Um, so really what I need is for someone 
hot to look at it and go, oh my God, I need to hit you with that. And then for that to happen. Um, and me to get over the fact that it's fucking terrifying. Um, and so I, I did immediately. Um, <laughs> and uh, my, my friend was right. I did not hide it even for a second. The person <laughs> who hit me with it showed up at camp and I was like, hey, want to see what I bought? <laughs> immediately. Look! Um, and it it does draw blood, but delightfully not an... Oh, you do need a blood content note. Uh, it does draw <laughs> blood, but not enough... Uh, that it splatters, which is nice. So you don't need like a Dexter room situation. Um, it just the <laughs> you get like little speckles of blood, mm-hmm. which were cute on top of my bruises. Um, and I did like toddle back to camp holding the the paddle, and someone else like saw the spots, and they were like, "Oh, what caused that?" And I was like, oh, "This did," and like started to hold out the paddle. And was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's covered in my blood. You can't have that. Nope, that's mine. Sorry, <laughs> you can't touch that right now." <laughs> Yeah, that's maybe we should note that for folks who don't know, like with blood play, my understanding is like if the object is porous or if any part of it is porous, like if your blood gets on it, that's yours. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is mine now. It's my paddle now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the it's hard plastic and I can get in there with like alcohol swabs and like a Q tip soaked in alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of crevices that are it's yeah. kind of a bitch to clean and I don't super trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, mm, like it can be cleaned quite very well for mm-hmm. a blood play paddle, and is mine now. I'm not sharing it with someone who's not comfy yeah. sharing my blood, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it leaves like really neat, interesting marks. Um. And I got like a bunch of bruises underneath it, which were uh, like. I had a bunch of bunch of bruises going already, which was quite fun. Um, and then that was like layered on top of it. But yeah, the Lego paddle actually made up a relatively small portion of that scene. Like it quite sucked. Um, <laughs> got to build up to it. Yeah, yeah, I got hit with a decent amount of it, um, and it's and not in a like absurdly fun way like it is just mean (laughs) um so i did quite a bit of other impact prior to that um and that was like i don't know finishing touches on the marks i suppose um but there was quite a bit of uh, whipping and paddling and like uh, caning in that scene there was there was a bit where both of my ass cheeks were getting caned at the same time, which, ow. <laughs> um, and because of the position I was in, my dick was getting hit. And I was I was told that unfortunately it was my fault because my dick was too big that it was in the way. So <laughs> I was just going to have to deal with getting my ass and my dick caned at the same time, which... my god (laughs) (laughs) my soul left my body like incredible but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i can't seem to get into genital torture as a bottom i like it as a top but yeah ah 
It uh, takes a special, special combination thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Um, there, uh, oh I'm just, my eyes are just glazing over as I think of all of the different things that I did during that scene and being like, oh yeah, and that happened. Oh yeah, and that happened. Uh, I'm just going to leave it on point where uh, this person was... I spent a lot of my scenes on the floor, which I really deeply love and realize how much I like really enjoy being on the ground while people are kicking the shit out of me, either (laughs) literally or figuratively. We'll get to that in a second. Interesting. Um, Why do you think you like it so much? It's really grounding, for lack of a better term. Okay. Like, A, it feels a little dehumanizing and a little like having my face shoved into the ground and things, and, or like being stood on, or like being at someone's feet. Like, that all has power dynamic-y stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I like being sprawled out and as close to the ground as I can get, like, when I am... When I start to get spacey, if you mm-hmm. have me on a rig or standing up on a thing or whatever, the first thing I want to do is get down to, like, kneeling or laying down on the ground Mm. um it's just a place spacey me feels comfortable um and it's a thing i've noticed recently and actually asked for these couple of times um but anyway uh so i was on the ground on my back um and they were standing on my chest (laughs) not a small human is the thing not definitely (laughs) not a small human standing on my chest um which was like one of the harder bits of the scene. And I, I was so spacey that I didn't quite have words. I was just like, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know. I can't do that. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if that. I, I can't do this. I don't know if I can do Because it's just, whew, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I just look down and I get, well, if you can talk, you can breathe. So you can do it. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, so that's just been playing on loop in my brain for like <laughs> fucking week, week and a half now. My God. Oof. <laughs> anyway, so that was real good <laughs> among the rest of the scene. That was real good. Um, And then like two hours later, I did a scene with another friend of mine. Uh, again, not a small human, which is relevant because I spent this scene also on the ground being stomped and kicked and stood on by, like, gorgeous pair of leather boots <sighs> that I got to put on before they were used to kick the shit out of me. Like, I didn't wear them. I, I went and acquired them uh. and knelt at this person's feet and put the shoes on them. Ooh, ritualistic. And then, I like it. They kicked the shit out of me with said shoes, which was very good. Um, <laughs> compared it to going to get a switch to get beat with, like going to cut mm. your own switch from the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, yeah, very much had that energy, was very into it. Um, and ugh, there's just something about, like, I really love rough body play. For mm-hmm. the, like, physicality and the brutality and the, like, closeness of it. Like, it's just, woof. And then this scene, so the other scene was relatively private. This one was 
in the middle of a circle of my friends because it was raining and we were all under the tent and we had an open play space in the middle of all the chairs. Well, or it was floor space. Everyone sat on the floor until someone wanted to scene and then you kind of scattered back and a scene happened and we all kind of watched and also conversation continued around the scene, which mm-hmm. was like a weird fun energy because I would be like, oh, I have something to contribute to that. Oh, I, I shouldn't. Like I would be opening my <laughs> mouth to reply and like I'd get kicked in the side. Be, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You're right. I'm not talking right now. I'm focusing on other things. <laughs> was that good or bad for your ADHD to have other shit that was going on that you could focus on? It was weirdly delightful. Um specifically because they were all humans I adore that I don't see super often. Um, Mm -hmm. And it felt like home to be surrounded by them and hearing those conversations and things. It would, it it wouldn't be with any humans. Mm -hmm. Um, And because there was very clearly this, like, I would look up and there would be people talking about things or whatever. And then other times I would look up and someone would be like really intently watching my scene. Right. Or like, so I would look up and someone would lean in and be like, you know, you're doing a, you're doing a good job, like you, you you're doing great, or like, wow, that was really hard, or whatever, right? So yeah. like, it wasn't an ignoring thing. It was a this is one of several interesting thing ha- things happening around here, and this isn't a weird thing that's happening, and this doesn't detract from the socializing that we're doing. Yeah, and I'm so delighted I get to see this, and mm-hmm. like that. That scene was really lovely. Like, I loved that it was held, that, like, that space was created with those people and everything. And I also, like, that was the first time I was playing with that person. And we got to go quite hard. Like, multiple people came up to me afterwards being like, holy shit. Like, that was, god damn, like, that was a good scene. But holy shit, you know? Um, Which is flattering. Uh, And, like, I've just had really deep appreciation for the amount of trust that that takes especially playing with someone new and like the ways that this person would check in with me and be like hey how you feeling or like was that okay or you know where are your limits or whatever and like trusting my yeses and trusting the times where i was like "Mm, nope we're done on that spot yeah you're not hitting there anymore everywhere else is good but (laughs) Mm -mm, nope right um (laughs) And being able to, like, navigate that kind of dance with such a particularly heavy scene with someone particularly new felt, like, really special and really nice. And, like, Yeah, well, your communication is really good now and just getting better yeah. and better. Yeah, and, I mean, they're good at what they do, too. And, like, there is just also a lot of trust there and rapport mm-hmm. that, like... On both sides. Like, you expect it to be like, ah, yeah, I'm trusting them. They're kicking the shit out of me. (laughs) Or like, I'm a small guy. This size difference here is enough that this caused some genuine harm if they wanted to. You know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. And like, so like, yeah, you expect, yes, that requires a lot of trust from me. But like, it requires a lot of trust from them to let me let them do that to me. Yeah, You know? Yeah, scary Uh, to top someone if you don't know them well enough to know that you're reading them correctly and stuff like that. Right, and to know 
how well they are at self-reporting their experience and articulating like if they need to stop or whatever how great they are at their own boundaries and that sort of thing you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I don't know it's a lot and I had a lot of appreciation for that because like yeah I also it was a little flattering that like not long after that scene someone else newish approached me for like a scene lab type thing and like opened with like so given some of the scenes i've seen you do this weekend i'm thinking we'll play it like a four out of ten on your scale (laughs) i was like thank you (laughs) you mean i am a badass what (laughs) oh my god but like genuinely i absolutely respect that and I get feel like I'm like yes no I we haven't played together let's feel each other out whatever this person that I played very heavily with is someone that I had a lot of social rapport with and have spent a lot of time talking to and like we've been talking about scening together for like a year you know what I mean so like Mm -hmm. I'm not like everyone should play super heavy with me the first time they play right like Mm -hmm. uh but there was a little bit of like, oh, really? Is watching me play that intimidating? <laughs> Shit, cute. Wow. I'm scary. And then I looked down and like my entire legs were black and blue. And I was like, no, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing those stories with us. Um, this is the kind of thing we normally do more so on our Patreon bonus episodes. But it's nice sometimes to to hear these more personal stories on the main show as well yeah i've been kate sloan you can find my blog at girlyjuice.net i have two books 101 kinky things even you can do and 200 words to help you talk about sexuality and gender i'm on twitter and instagram at girly underscore juice i'm also on threads at that same username i'm hopeful about threads as like maybe a place to go other than twitter but also it's like not good for sex stuff so i'm not really sure about it but i don't know twitter's just falling apart right now uh where is your stuff friend i'm billy lore you can find all my porn and information about my workshops over at billylore.com i'm on twitter and instagram at billy lore and at billy lore underscore respectively uh, together, we're the Dildorks. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks and at thedildorks.com. We're also over at patreon.com slash thedildorks. That's where you throw money at us and help us keep doing this thing that we do. For $6 a month, you get access to our exclusive Discord. And at $12 a month, you get our Patreon-only bonus episodes where you get a lot more of the like intimate storytelling kind of vibes that this episode had. But like... Frankly, I didn't have the brain to chat about much else right now because drops a <laughs> bitch. Uh, uh, I want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters, Stabitha Christie, Nat, Amelia, Amy, and MB. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Alright, I am recording. My voice check, check. is fat. Podcast voice. Fine. How's the podcast yeah. voice doing? Yeah, sounding good. <coughs> right. Yeah, podcast voice. I know how to do that, sure. <laughs> oh.
Voice is still fucked. Okay, five, four, three, two, one.